Hi guys. Are you okay? Hello. Hi there. Hello. What a horrible day. It's not nice, is it? It's really very unpleasant out there. And I haven't actually ventured outside yet, but my other half has on the school run and things. And it, it's making people feisty, apparently, this grumpy weather. There's a lot of aggression on the roads this morning. Have you ventured out, Hugh? I haven't, no. Uh, I, as you all know, the village here, it's when you, if you have to walk down the main road through the village here and it's wet, it's like running the gauntlet. It's um, you can get properly soaked. Um, yes. I uh, by cars driving. I, I I have in the past been hit by such a wave that it went into my hair. Um, oh my gosh! And isn't that illegal? Or is it only illegal if drivers do it deliberately? I think it's generally illegal. Um, but I was I was so kind of shocked and. By the time I turned round, my uh, I couldn't see couldn't see who it was. They'd driven off, so you didn't I even was... get to shake an angry fist at them or anything. No, but I, I do like to do occasionally do when I see a car coming like this really exaggerated like move moving to one side of the road or 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 jumping out of the way and it's sort of like a stuntman <laughs> or something like that <laughs> with, to, with a commando roll at the end. Yeah, to highlight the point that there are large puddles by the side of the road and the, <laughs> and the person is walking past them and. Does not want to get covered in cold, muddy water, strangely. No, it's not ideal. But I haven't I did do it to somebody by accident once. I mean, I can, this is how bad I felt. This is probably 20 years ago, and I still feel bad about it now. I just didn't see the puddle. Felt awful. So I won't make that mistake again. No judgment. It's a safe place. We can talk about these things, and we yeah, will no. not. No. <laughs> and don't report me either. No. <laughs> it is illegal. No, no, nobody phone nine nine now. No, please don't. <laughs> a historic crime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, shall we get on with it, guys? Yeah. Let's do that. Yes. Yeah. Let's do it. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. You fought. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Paul Mann. And welcome to episode 111 of the Real Reading Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. This week we are lucky enough to be joined again by our guest presenter, Mr. Paul Mann. Hello, Paul. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? A really interesting week of just yet again more covid but we're going to try and avoid that <laughs> i couldn't decide how sarcastic you were being there. yeah i was being very sarcastic yeah it's just oh dear i, but reading have, I know what don't know reading have won again and we are top of the league so i'm going to take that positive from the week and um that's about it really <laughs> so, oh yeah God. i want you to talk about that again in a minute 
only briefly, but I think we need to celebrate the successes, don't we? So, um, so this week we discussed the week in headlines, which includes uh, birthday cake disasters, Reading's train stations, delays and developments, and popular local business moving to Smelly Alley, which I will admit I didn't actually realise that Smelly Alley was called Union Street. I don't think I thought it was actually called Smelly Alley. I just didn't know what it was really called. Maybe I shouldn't admit that after 40 years of living in Reading. It's not uncommon. No? I didn't know that as well. I, I'm from Reading, born in Reading. Oh, and, thanks, uh, Paul, backing me up. You know, yeah, let, let's let's deal with this together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before all that, here's Jeremy. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Okay, so Paul, shall we go back to Reading briefly? So they won again last night, last night being Tuesday night. Yeah, 1-0 win against uh, Wickham. Lucas Jowell, the goal. Uh, pretty Local cool. derby. Wickham's not a derby. I see we see it geographically, but yeah. it, it's a bit like beating up your little brother when you're 15 and they're five. It, it's pointless, isn't it? It's not really. It's kind of... It, Wickham are kind of... They're not really a local rival. They've just been so distant from us and they haven't even been in the actual football league for that many years but we were pretty poor still managed to win we're top of the league and we take it and move on yeah i mean that how many is that now five wins and one draw yeah that's it and five clean sheets out of six matches which is a miracle that is unbelievable are the bookies paying out yet uh, not yet. No, we all know the bookie you're talking about. I won't mention them, but uh, no, they haven't gone in yet. I think they're sensing this isn't quite like Manchester United or Barcelona winning their first five or six games. It's Reading Football Club. No. So, yeah. This is true. I'd still advise people to put their mortgages on Reading going up there. I'm that confident. <laughs> <laughs> everything, everything you've got. Uh, do it. <laughs> yeah, um, um, I give you uh, Hugh's email yeah. if you contact yeah. me via yeah. my side. Um, <laughs> PS, gamble responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but do you think that um, would Wickham consider that to be a that's a big game for them? I think I know probably, you're sort of saying little brother, big brother, I guess. Yeah, I think maybe bigger game for them is Oxford because they played them so more frequently. Mm. So. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know, really, because uh, we haven't played Wickham for 18 years. So you, you could have actually gone through a whole school education and never seen us play against Wickham. Mm. So it's a bit of a strange one. I'm definitely against them. I don't dislike them or anything. It's lovely. But it, like I say, it's, it's not really a derby as a Red fan. There was a Wait, so do we not really have any clubs that you would consider a derby game? No, because we've outgrown them all. That's the problem. <laughs> With Oxford, yeah. they've been in the lower league for a similar amount of time. Swindon, exactly the same. We don't really have one, um, which is a real shame because it's great to have one of those as a fan. Any yeah. big club actually has that rivalry. But we miss out on that completely just because all the other clubs are in London who are pretty close, but can't consider Brentford a derby. Uh, it's just not. No, not really. God, it's been that long since I've been to a game. I really, I think I want to take Zachary to one. 
when we're allowed to go again, obviously. But I think he might be able to sit still for long enough for at least a half, <laughs> I think, <laughs> maybe. But we'll see. Right, shall we get on to the news items? Um, so the first one that we wanted to talk about was disastrous birthday cakes. So this is the story of um, a, a local lady in Reading who wanted to get a bespoke birthday cake for her brother, I believe, um, for his 30th birthday. She uh, found somebody on Facebook who said they could do the job which was to make a cake that was relating to his interests in fishing um i believe they supplied an example of what they'd like to look at and then when said birthday cake arrived 50 pounds later um it didn't quite match the uh, the example <laughs> photo should we say <laughs> um other descriptions are it looked like a child had done it and also that it had, was covered in dog hair, which is always nice on a piece of cake, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it looks like um, the cake that she got looks like it's made out of Play-Doh. Oh, my God, it really does. Yeah, it really does, yeah. That's exactly what I'd say, yeah. And yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the cake maker um, is now subject to some sort of investigation by... Uh, by um, running Borough Council's trading standards and uh, also the environmental health team, presumably because of this dog hair issue. Um, and I think there are other people in the area who have encountered this, uh, this person as well. Um, and we'll have to see what happens next on that front. But it was a bit of it was a very unfortunate um, episode for this poor woman who expected a sort of professional level cake um and then got that not even not even close really like her, it was her mum who we we spoke to and she said that the the chap was called graham and graham didn't even have a capital g which is oh. which is uh um yeah really not good so beware of facebook um i'd you go to the pros i think is the advice um yeah, if you're spending that advice. much on a cake. Yeah, um, but the good news is that two of Graham's mates actually did get a professional cake made for him and delivered it a few days later. And it was, you know, it was pretty and lovely and worth the money. Um, so the, the story had a happy ending, at least. Mm. But uh, yeah, the, the, that's the warning, I think. Just be careful with... Well, I'm not one to judge because I am, quite frankly, shocking at baking. It is, it's embarrassing. It's sort of a, th a thing in our family, really, that especially since Zach's been born, um, I, I figure doing some baking with him is a nice mummy son thing to do. Um, so we, we do quite regularly have attempts, but so many times I turn up with a cake uh, and it happened on Sunday, for example. It was my dad's birthday. I made him uh, a ginger cake because ginger is one of his favourites. And I have to sort of pass it over and go, here, we made you a cake. It's made with love. Please ignore the fact that it's really burnt all over the top. 
or the flapjack I made my mum a few weeks ago that just sort of crumbled when you touched it. You couldn't pick up a slice so much so that I turned it into granola for breakfast because <laughs> you couldn't actually eat it as a slice of flapjack. But the fact is it was made with love. And so I'm not one to judge, but I just wonder whether the person who made the cake actually thought, yeah, nailed it when they finished. I just, I don't know I how you could. No, they could have. I mean, you look at it and you think, has that been in an accident? Has someone like dropped it? Has there been some kind of offence happened here that we shouldn't talk about? But I don't know. <laughs> it was just absolutely I mean, you have your baking issues, uh, Rach, and that's fair mm. enough. We all have them. Definitely. I'm not great at it either. But you're not charging £50, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so that is the big difference, isn't it? And you're not putting dog hair on it. No, cat hair. Oh, was it cat hair? Yeah, no, no, I put cat hair on mine. Oh, I have a dog. Oh, it's a new baking thing, is it? It's like yeah. animal hair. I've just finished that little sprinkling of animal hair to finish that off. Find a hedgehog and pull out a kind of like a spike and put one in. If, if you look at these pro cakes as well, it, it, they are very artistic as well. They are they are kind of high level. You've got to be you know one of those people who who is good at good at art and neat and and uh, creative, which not everyone is. Um, and the idea that you'd be sent a photo of a professional cake and then come back, come back with what was received and think that no one would mind is seems a bit, seems a bit extraordinary, really. But that looks a bit like it. Yeah, <laughs> this cake is you asked for a cake. <laughs> just trying to give the person a little benefit of the doubt that maybe they just really love baking and thought, yeah, I'm going to make a bit of a bit of a career of this because I just enjoy it so much and the fact that perhaps my decorating isn't as great as the the pros maybe that doesn't matter because mm. it's so delicious but yeah I think you're right Hugh the moral of that story is go with the pros all recommendations yes <laughs> right should we move on to the next story which is about train stations so there's two prongs to this one isn't there there's um some changes happening in reading west um and then also up at green park so hugh i think these are your stories so do you want to pick up on these uh they're not actually but i will have a stab at it yeah um the um reading west is a kind of long-term thing um that's been needed for a while and it's part of it's 3.3 million pounds um and you get a new station building and ticket gates off tolhurst road and oxford road and new toilets and a cafe um where i think there's a bit of disappointment is that they still the long the long-term issue for this station and the two the two others that are getting done as well which i'll get on to um is that there's been very little disabled access to the point where disabled passengers have been told they have to go to reading station because there's no right. there's no facilities for them um there's still not, not going to be any lifts at reading west station um for disabled people um but my understanding is that there is the work this work will sort of 
allow for lifts to be built in the future when more money comes available. But it's still, it's still, um, still not great, really, in this day and age. Um, if you're spending that kind of, what did you say, three point something 3. million? Three million, yeah. Well, I don't know how much a lift costs, but it's is it that much that it would impact on the? I mean, just factor that into your design and your three point three million. I wonder if the the logic maybe I don't know. We haven't put this question to them, but it's so close to Reading Station anyway. I know it's not easy for disabled people to get around, but it is it is very close to Reading Station where they would have to go previously. That this revamp um, won't feature it, but any future revamps will. The better news is that the Tolhurst and Thiel, which are further away, and I don't even have been to Thiel Station. Um, you can't even get on the platform if you're disabled. It's got these massive steps. Um, and that is getting a fairly major revamp as well with disabled facilities, as is Tilehurst. Um, so in the future, people living in those areas won't have to trek to Reading to get the train. They will be able to get the train in their, in their areas. Because Thiel, Thiel is actually, you know, it's quite, quite a reasonable distance from Reading, Thiel. It's a good few yeah. miles in the car. Um, quite quick on the train, but <laughs> as we've stated, um, that's not much use if you're in a wheelchair. Um, so, so that's, are those that, developments that are planned in the future? Then they're definitely coming. Yeah, and they're quite they're quite um, imminent. The work is going to start on those next year. Right. Um, and I wouldn't be actually that surprised if another stage of Reading West to to put those lifts and to disable facilities in comes fairly soon. Um, because I think, you know, I think they, the, the people who do this realise that they need to have disabled facilities, even if it is that, if, even if it is that close to Reading Station. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if another plan came in just to put the lifts in when more funding became available. But as it stands, there's not, there's, it's going to get a going to get a revamp, but not quite, not with the uh, the disabled facilities that many people will want. Um, I don't know if you've seen the feedback on Twitter on this um, about the designs. There's a lot of people being quite rude about the designs. Um, Why? What don't they like? They say it looks like porter cabins and stuff like that. And um, let me have a look. I've got it up on my. It does. It does look a bit like a porter cabin. It, but... it does a little it's bit, doesn't like it? Porter cabins, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that viewpoint, isn't it? Yeah, but if it's effective, you know, can't really disagree with that. It's true. Really, West Station is not exactly a thing of beauty, anyway, is it? Oh, so it isn't. No. Make... <laughs> <laughs> it's not like uh, was it Euston Station? Is it? It's uh, it's um, it's, uh, it's it's a fairly small, uh, not very beautiful train station. So, so good 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 news that ever you know the three sort of three of the main train stations outside Reading are getting a getting a revamp. Um, but if I imagine there'll be people within Reading Borough Council trying to push network rail to get those lifts in Reading West done mm -hmm. in the future. And when is this one planned for? For this Reading one, West? Oh, you put me on the spot there, Rachel. I don't know. Hang on Sorry. Early next year. Uh, work will start by... So there's a planning application in. Um, work if that goes through, work will start in March 2021. Okay. COVID depending, we have to say, I would guess, on all of these things. <laughs> you know. Yeah, although does that stop 
building works from happening arguably it's a, a better time to do it because the station's quieter that's true yeah um i think it can make building projects go more slowly because you have to have fewer people on the site mm. because of social distancing to um, unload the porter cabins you mean yes but, yeah. <laughs> also about train usage as well because the people using the train has dra dropped dramatically since covid hasn't it i mean I, it, I assume it will come back but it could be a very slow process to get to that point do they want to be spending all the money on these when as you know, i'm not sure that will happen yeah i've avoided public transport <clears throat> until friday in fact i got the bus for the first time <coughs> excuse me a good time to it cough yeah, <laughs> <it wasn't>, yeah. <laughs> uh two weeks ago i got the bus so i'm, I'm fine um it yeah it wasn't quite as scary as i built it up to be in my head to be honest um i think you're right people are definitely avoiding using it if they can just because it is a confined space but Okay, so that was one of the stories, Hugh. What what was the other one? This is about a delay to green. This is about a, a delay to Green Park Station, which is uh, a new station um, in the Reading area. Um, I again, this isn't my story, so just <laughs> bear with me for two seconds. Um, Excuse my ignorance on this one, but this is this is a new station that is on the existing Reading to Basingstoke line. Is that yeah. right? Yes. Okay. One of the main benefits of it, they hope, is that it will be it will mean that there'll be more people using the trains to get to the football matches. Yep. When when crowds are allowed back, um, because you can be, you can get the train from places like uh, Mortimer, for example, that's on the line there. And um, and get dropped off at Green Park and walk up to the stadium. So they're they're hoping with it might ease match day traffic a bit. And obviously, people who get the train to Reading, so away supporters, can then get on another train to go to the Green Park station, get off there. Yeah. Um, rather than the conundrum they currently face now, which is like arriving on the train, realizing the ground five miles away <laughs> and having to either get a bus or walk or get a cab. Um, so there's that. However, it has been delayed due to COVID. Um, it was due to open. It's now due to open in late summer next year at the earliest. Caveat at the earliest. Um, and um, it it looks like it will be sort of finished in the late spring or early summer, and then and then it the, it has to be go through various tests before it can actually be open to the public, um, right. and that's what's gonna. They don't know how long that's gonna take. So, so does this no, tie in at all with? I think Paul. I think you've spoken about it before about um, like some big development plans up around the Medeski, um some changes uh, to the to the complex oh you're on about the rolling park plans which were going to yeah. be absolutely massive um that's gone remarkably quiet um oh. i don't think we've heard anything about that for about 18 months or so that's from the previous owners of reading football club the tie owners not the ones that are currently there but they right. own that land on the outside of the uh, basically the car park area 
the easiest way of explaining it, at the Medeski. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. It's the silence is deafening on that one, and uh, mm. yeah. I think the relationship between the current owners and the past owners is maybe not good. So that's uh, also an issue going forward. And also talking about the train thing that um, Hugh was talking about. I've spoken to people at the club about the new train station at the Green Park, and they think it won't make too much of a difference because of the frequency of trains and the size of trains they're going to have on match days. They're quite frustrated by that because they think that there really is an opportunity there to kind of move the traffic in a different direction. But no, network rail aren't that interested in Great Western, so it's a it's a thing they can't control, sadly. Yeah, and I don't know what the frequency is of that trains running down to Basingstoke from there. Is it like half hourly or hourly or something? Oh yeah, I don't know. That's interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah, if you you know if there's only one train and you particularly if you're coming uh, you're an away supporter i guess and you miss it and then the next trains after the match has started it's going to be useless isn't it yeah um particularly if they're every half an hour and so so there's one at half two which will get you there just in time and then one at three which will get you there just in time for half time <laughs> so yeah so i think it's going to be one of those things give it, give it some thought and not not have that but um yeah yeah I mean, if they did have more stuff up there, uh, again, we've talked about it before, about the lack of, you know, pubs or, or anywhere to go or restaurants prior to the match, then people would perhaps, like, travel up there a bit earlier and make a bit of more of a thing of it, go up there, get some lunch, have a few drinks before going into the game. And then yeah, it totally. spread, I mean, the, spread the commute out a bit. But Obviously, I know someone who's been doing the pre-match food up there outside the ground with blue collar. But mm. um, I'm not sure that's going to be going ongoing. So we'll see how that ends up. These situations can change very quickly. But uh, yeah, there's yeah. <sighs> not much there, to be honest. And it isn't inviting to go up there before unless there's the thing like Glenn was running before. But now if that's gone... Obviously, there's no matches. We're talking in a hypothetical world here. But I think they do need to improve it dramatically. But I'm not sure that the inclination is there from the right people. Let's just say that. Right. Yeah, just on the Royal Elm part, we, we have asked on numerous occasions. Um, and, yeah, the, the silence is deafening. What, what we'll say is the planning, the planning permission is in place for a long time. Um, I think it's like five years maybe still uh, possibly even seven years um so and that means they could theoretically start the work at any point um i don't think they're going to start it well during the season but um they might so you might see something just come out of the blue on it as as you don't need there's no messing around with planning to, to sort out however i'd be very surprised if it did um anytime soon um and it's just a case of that keep asking maybe one day we'll get some information on it but the planning is it you know it's it could be built anytime in the next five five years or so, so. okay thanks guys um should we move on to our third story which is the uh, new resident of smelly alley 
which is an existing um, local business in Reading who were previously in the Harris Arcade, I think. Um, and it's the, the Grumpy Goat who are at the cheese and bottle shop, which I have been into and bought some really nice beer in the past. Um, and the, their statement here in the article that I'm looking at is that they are looking forward uh, to making Smelly Alley smelly again with our Pongy cheese, which is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I love a Pongy cheese. Um, so they're moving into where the old internet cafe used to be, I think, which is a bigger premises than they used to have in Harris Arcade, which is... I just feel, felt like this was a really a positive story for a few different reasons. Firstly, because, you know, there's a lot of businesses struggling at the minute with all the COVID stuff. So to hear of a local independent business making that move to a bigger premises is a real, a really good thing to hear. But also, Smelly Alley, Union Street, as I now know it's called properly, um, it used to have a really cool sort of almost like a market type vibe when all the um, you know fishmongers and there was butchers and greengrocers and all sorts down there, a real eclectic mix of, of shops and things. So over the years, those have sort of disappeared and been replaced with quite a few mobile phone shops which I'm sure are in demand, um, but it is a lot of one thing in one place. So to see something like this, a bit more unique coming out of it, um, is maybe a step towards a bit more of a mix again. But what are your guys, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I, I, I think it could be just as you say, couldn't it? It could be... Um a kind of real nice place for quirky little local businesses like Grumpy Goat um, and various others. I, I know we've got the Harris Arcade, but um, it doesn't mean we shouldn't have another street like that as well. And if it's food based, then um, then that'd be great. And uh, to have a, I mean, it's, there's there must be five or six empty units in there from the top of my, off the top of my head at least. Um, the old the the uh, grocer hasn't been replaced as far as i know the fishmonger hasn't been replaced um and there was that milkshake place as well which is a bit further down that's that, that oh, was that was yeah. still empty last time i went down there although that was probably in about march but um, um yeah it could it could be reinvented um if more businesses of that sort were to to take it i imagine it's a bit cheaper than the, the rest of the town as well um so rent wise you mean rent wise yeah um i mean that fishmonger unit will be a problem because i remember the guy telling me um when they close it was it's a specific unit kit kitted out in to be a fit to be a specialist fishmonger so whether you can attract another fishmonger or whether someone's prepared to fork out to get rid of all that stuff would be met would be remains to be seen but it has potential union street i think and i hope i hope you know down the line more people decide to give it a go and um, join the Grumpy Goat and make it a yeah. bit. Not somewhere you just walk down as fast as you can to get to the other side of town, really. Without well, really that's it's a cut through, isn't it, now, rather than somewhere that you would go to to shop yeah. at the minute. 
Because even the things that... Sorry, Paul, go on. No, so I was going to say, it could be a really interesting area because, like you both said there, it's going to be cheaper, the rent there, isn't it? So Reading really lacks a purely independent area for shops, which gives chance and opportunity for these shops to actually grow because Reading is so expensive, I would imagine. I mean, it's not something I've ever done, but just living in Reading, you know, it's expensive. Mm. So it's so hard for them to get started. It's like Vegivores there in uh, Caversham. They probably couldn't move into Reading because it's so expensive. But it's a kind of, I don't know. But I would also add, I have used that mobile phone shop in Union Street and it changed my screen in there and they did an absolutely fabulous job. I won't name them, but if they want to give me a reduction on the next time I go in there with my phone, <laughs> it would be motion easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is a need for that. Uh, you know, everybody yeah. has a mobile phone, but is there a need for 10 of them? No. Or, you know, could we have one or two and then some other... Um, a mixture of things and the fact is you you would only go to one of those shops to get your phone repaired or if you needed a new case for it or something you don't you don't really browse down there do you for that um where it would I just be nice goes in there and browses Rachel. i really don't that would be just imagine being the one who goes in there browsing <laughs> it's <laughs> not me I promise. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for that person but you need to move on a bit. <laughs> oh, but we, yeah. Which, I mean, it, it's a very historical street in Reading as well. Whether this is true or not, that, but there was a comment in the article that I read that it's, I always thought that the name Smelly Alley derived from the fact that there was like fishmongers and stuff down there that made it a bit pongy and now some cheese, but apparently not. No, apparently in the old, old oldie day, ye oldie days, um, <laughs> it had an open sewer, which is why it was called Smelly Alley. So oh, that's the nice. fishy smell and meaty smell, which wasn't that unpleasant, it, was, it became a bit of a character, was, was was preceded by something that was far worse. It would definitely mean you walk from one end to the other as quickly as you possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But nice that, I mean, that's... <laughs> That's even more reason to make something of it. You know, if it's if it's that historic, you know, it could be a really quirky, cool little street that doesn't look quirky and cool at the moment. Which sort of brings us on to the other bit of that that we wanted to talk about. So another article. This was written by you, Hugh. Yep. Um, about the nine eyesores in Reading that need some major love. Or knocking down, which is yeah. a bit, bit harsh. So, uh, where are featuring we talking you, about? Featuring you, beautiful town is, is knocking <laughs> down. Uh, where are we talking about? So, this was actually inspired by one one T Canning of Real Reading podcast fame. Do you remember him from the old days? From the, from the bad, good old days. From the bad old days. Yeah. When, it was run, when it was run inefficiently. Um, he took his newborn daughter for her first, I think probably her first walk. Obviously, she wasn't walking, she was in the pram. But um, he took her up to uh, the Midway precinct and uh, he sent some pictures to our, our, our WhatsApp group. So it was a, it was a like, grey, miserable, wet day. A bit and, like today. Uh, a bit like today. And his, his, his daughter's first experience of the outside world was the Midway precinct. And so, fortunately, she won't be able to remember it. But... Um, he was like, he was like, 
he was like, I've actually I haven't ever been here before, but it's really depressing. And um, and it it it's another place that isn't what it was. And um, there is a plan in place now to to regenerate it and re- put a lot of houses in there and a little a smaller shopping area. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been left behind a bit. It opened in 1967, I believe, um, and there was a Waitrose there once. Um, but now it's there's a there's a few charity shops and a Boots and a couple of sandwich places and that's about it. And um, it is. Isn't there a big Asda? No, am I thinking of the wrong place? It's next to Asda. Yeah, it's just a bit... next to Asda, right? Yeah, um, and it just looks old and like it needs knocking down really. And uh, that plan presumably must be coming to the planning fairly soon because it was in January. I wrote about it, um, and we could see some changes to that particular area very soon but yeah it's not what it was what does that mean that was a little bit uh, covert some changes coming very soon so there's a plan there to knock it there's a plan to regenerate it so i what think they do? knock it down completely or sort of i re- would say knock it down i'm not quite sure of the details but certainly there's a lot of housing plan for it um, but it looks like it's got flats above the shops in those there places. are a few flats above the shops yeah but I think there's quite a large housing development um, planned as well as a little shopping, a, a smaller shopping area than there is. But um, so that could see some, some quite big changes around there. In the, so we started off by being quite rude and saying it's a bit rubbish and we're going to knock it down. But actually yeah. it could have quite a positive outcome for the people. Yeah, the, 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 develop, the developer who's put the application in says something like this is an urban shopping area that has become extremely outdated and needs, needs, needs a lot of investment and a bit of major regeneration. Um, so, you know, that, that's quite clear what they, they think of the area. So I think mm. if anybody... Sorry, you go. I think it's one of the more obvious candidates of something that needs a needs a, a revamp around the Reading area. Just one worrying footnote here is I remember them saying similar things about Caversham with St Martin's Precinct, and they were going to rebuild it. And uh, <laughs> essentially, what they've done now is they've just tarted it up in Caversham a little bit, haven't they? That's <laughs> really. really- yeah, they made it grey yeah <laughs> yeah it's really not much different i mean it looks slightly better but it's not the cinema pizza express no. big expansion uh, bigger yeah. waitress none of that's happened but hopefully yeah. this doesn't midway so for what i remember about that st martin's the cinema plan is still maybe on the cards there's been a few problems with where where it where it, where it might be but that's not totally out of the question yeah although no time soon i wouldn't have thought um well the gym's closed down now that was above behind waitrose so there's the, i don't know what the deal is with that yeah there's some space so yeah so that's that's one one of the areas of reading with uh, one of the nine i won't read all nine out um yeah but, which other ones are noteworthy which ones do you so we talked about smelly alley yeah, which is, uh, for the life of me, I now can't remember what any of them are. Um, Smelly Alley. The Gasworks, that was quite a good one. Oh, the, yeah, the old, the old Gasworks Social Club down by, the, hmm. um, down by the, the river, which could be quite a nice venue. It's been empty for 20 years. Um, the various, I think there have been various planning 
plans to change it into houses, which never come never come to fruition. Last I heard of it, it was up for sale. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of standing there. I know Tony Page on the council has been very kind of keen for someone to do something with it, but as of yet, no one, no one has taken it on, as far as I'm aware. It looks like quite a nice, uh, particularly the main building. Looks like quite a sort of cool warehousey type thing that'd be great for conversion to flats or to a bar or something. Is it near the canal? Uh, yeah, I think so. Or the yeah. river. In the, yeah, one of the two. <laughs> Sorry. Get confused which is which. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a building that splits red. Oh, yeah. Is Apex Plaza. Now, what are your thoughts on that one? Because I remember it being built uh, there. And at the time, people thought, oh, wow, this is an amazing new office. You know, we're the future. We're the next London. We're going to take over Great Britain. Um, now you look at it and you think, that's not very nice, is it, really? It looks pretty dated. And, mm. It's very pink. <laughs> Yeah. Very pink, yeah. That's about it, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah. so really Again, yeah. Off the top of my head, um, I think the Apex Plaza might have been sold to someone recently. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm struggling a bit with the information. I must admit. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, this isn't very good audio. While I Google it. Um, Legal and General bought the Apex Plaza in for ninety-one million pounds in um, twenty fifteen. Wow! Um, but I've I've also got a feeling actually that it may have been sold on again since then. Um, this part of the podcast may need editing because I I really can't remember. But um, I think it's changed hands more recently than that again, um, and which suggests that something might be some plan might be in in the pipeline for it, but. I, I agree, Paul. It's a bit, it's a bit kind of prominent and pink for my, for my taste. Um, I am yeah. a bit disappointed, Hugh, because I've just scrolled down to the bottom of your article, and um, the last one on the list is Tessa Towers. I know, yeah. Rachel, I'm sure we all had fun times working there, but if you can present a strong argument that it is a, a, a piece of architectural magnificence <laughs> that deserves preserving in time. Well, I never said I'll that. I just, I just think there's uglier buildings in the, the top nine things that need knocking down or improving. Um, well, I walk past it most days. So, yeah. And, and I know isn't you it beautiful? I'm kind of on his side here, I've got to say. Yeah. It was yeah. so big. In the, in so for anyone days. who isn't aware, this is, this is our old offices on Richfield Avenue and Tessa Road, hence Tessa Towers, uh, with the big printing stack building to one side of it um, and all of the offices going down Tessa Road. And there were some good times there. Some I good times we had, but that building did become rather depressing towards the end of our time there, where it nearly all of it was empty and uh, a bit so leaky, a bit leaky, and a bit old, ratty, and perhaps ratty. a little bit, ra wow. perhaps a little wow, bit ratty. ratty. <laughs> That's like. <laughs> 
I really have to, like dressed it up with the nostalgia in my head, haven't I? I've forgotten yeah, all really these bits. Like, I suspect that was end. it in Berkshire Live. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, it was, yeah, it may it may have not made the uh, not made the papers. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, we we remember it fondly, but actually, I it's not know, pretty. I wonder five was it five six years on since it's closing whether what would have happened to it if if things had been different whether we mm. we would have moved out of it to somewhere else anyway um we never know we'll never know but it would be a really rickety way now yeah i'll send you a pic on the whatsapp i'll go past it very soon and i'll let you have a look at it. i mean if you don't want it if you want to remember it as it was i won't make me that. cry <laughs> yeah it might make me feel really sad i won't do that then <laughs> Right, so thanks for that, um, that guys, and we'll just move on now because we haven't got an interview this week um, because uh, Tom is our interview man, and as we know, he is uh, otherwise busy with a, a tiny person, so we'll forgive him for this week. Um, but the random question this week that I've come up with is sort of ties into what we've been talking about. So I want to ask you the random question. If you could bring back one shop from Reading's history, what would it be and why? Paul. What you uh, I'd bring back, uh, I know which one I'd bring back absolutely immediately. I have so many great memories in this store in Redden Town Centre was Knight's Toy Shop. It was a two-story one that was opposite WH Smith. And I used to love going upstairs there because it had all the things I wanted. It had Scalectrics there and it had Subutio there. And my dream was going in there. And one day I was going to buy something and I thought when I was a child, when I was about eight or nine, this is a real insight into my world here. I thought I'm going to go in there and just buy loads of Subuto and Scale Electric. <laughs> I thought, oh. going to get a job and that's what I'm going to do. I did move on from it by the time I'd actually uh, had a job, but I absolutely loved it. So many great memories just looking at all the different toys in there and just thinking, oh, I want that Subuto set, I want that Scale Electric, I want that, I want that car. Uh, I just, when it shut down, I was absolutely gutted. Totally gutted. I'm just Googling. I don't remember it, Paul. And I'm just Googling no. it to see. I can't see any pictures of it even. So it was down boards. Yes. Yeah, opposite WH Smith. It was the two-tier. The one with the black it, kind of like Tudor stylish bit. Opposite Smith's. Yes. Yeah. It was fantastic in there. I don't, I don't remember it oh, either. wow. No, that's just. Oh. Yeah, it was there. Now, this is the second time I've been on this podcast, and I'm remembering stuff that nobody else remembers. <laughs> it's kind of. Like... <laughs> Go on, AQ. What would you like? I always like going in was modern music in the broad in the Broad Street Mall. Yep. And I used to go in there with my cousin and his friends, and uh, they all played the guitar. So, you know that scene in Wayne's World where he gets the guitar down and starts playing Stairway to Heaven. And he says, <laughs> yeah. he said, one day it will be mine. Oh, yes. It was like that. All these lads like just trying out guitars with it. They had no intention to buy. And these 
these people who worked in there were just like, oh, are you going to buy it this time? Nah. Being super cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was good, good fun. Good fun. Did you not play there. an instrument then? No, not really, no. No. Because this was your piece of advice for Tom last week, wasn't it? Yeah. To not force your child to learn something they didn't want to. So yeah. I just wondered if you were a bit scarred by it being I'm a little bit scarred, yeah. Piano. Piano, ten, you know, 10 years. 10 years of piano. And recorder, obviously. Obs, yeah. Because everyone had to learn the recorder. Oh, my gosh. There are so many shops that, I mean... Not for me personally, but I mean, Jackson's is obviously quite a big one that a lot of people probably miss. But for me, I would go with, can I have two? They're quite similar. I'm going to go for Strawberry Fields down Smelly Alley and Saffron Moon in the Broad Street Mall at the top of the escalators. So these were where I basically spent my teenage years with my friends. Uh, we'd get the 11 o'clock bus into town on a Saturday, go to McDonald's on Friar Street and sit in the showboat upstairs, obviously, um, and then go down Smelly Alley to Strawberry Fields. Does anybody else remember it? Terrific memories of going in there and being dragged in there by girlfriends and just saying, oh, let's get these joysticks. No, they smell horrific. <laughs> what <laughs> just going in there and thinking, oh, we've got to go in there. I want to go. Home. I don't want to be here. The things you do when you're a teenager, though, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Oh, now, I definitely, all the females I knew at that time, they absolutely loved that shop. Absolutely <laughs> loved it. And it was like a magnet. I must go in. Must go in. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, when I look at groups of teenage girls now, I, I think, oh, God, they think they're all like so unique and they're dressing all a bit quirky, but actually they all look exactly the same. And then I think back to when I was 14, 15, and we were going in there. And me and my friends were exactly the same as that, just different clothes. But we all had the tie-dye. <laughs> <laughs> DMs. Yeah, we the DMs. yeah, obviously we all had Doc Martens on, but you know that's, that's made quite a recurrence for me, as as you probably know. Um, um, yeah, I, I think I just had black ones, but maybe that's how me and my friends made ourselves different. That one, one of us had green, somebody had purple, somebody had cherry reds. Obviously, I had cherry red ones. Yeah, yeah I and I just had black ones which i think i customized with some nail varnish which is a bit um yeah i wouldn't get away with that now uh yeah and we all had our tie-dye and my favorite item of clothing that i got from there was these greens made out of different patchworks there was some tie-dye and some like paisley patterns they were really leery <laughs> I loved them, and we all had a pair. Some people had long ones. I had a sh like knee length shorts ones. I just I wish I'd kept them, not to wear. I'd look. <laughs> I'd probably look like unless I was going to have a new career as uh, a clown. Um, but just just for nostalgia to get them out occasionally and go, ah, oh, good times. They were good times. And Saffron Moon, I mean, that was quite similar, wasn't it, at the top of um, the escalators in the mall? It was 
similar kind of joss sticks and candles and crystals and all of that kind of jazz because we were a bit kooky and alternative obviously and yet all the same horrible flashbacks here rachel you really are <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> i can feel almost sweat dripping down my forehead just thinking. <laughs> oh. you haven't got to go there paul it's okay oh, they're okay, not there you. anymore yet that's what i'm going to open strawberry fields again and make down smelly alley yeah why not yeah. oh yeah good times pish do ear piercing as well in the one in smelly alley oh probably yeah, tattoos and all sorts probably in there. Yeah, I bet it's all high quality as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Right, cheers for that. A little bit of nostalgia. Those are my favourite ones when we go a bit, oh, do you remember when? <laughs> Those are nice. Um, but here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. So I think that's quite enough for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with plenty more. Um, or I won't be, I'm on holiday. But um, hopefully Tom will be back with you lads next week. Um, we're still that's, looking for. That's, that's, that's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's no girls allowed. <laughs> yeah. So we'll start the, the lads will let me come back the week after. Uh, but we're still looking for good people to speak to. So someone that would make a good interviewee on the show. So if you have any suggestions, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. If you have a moment, please also give us a rating on your podcast app. And if you have time, submit a review. We'll be back next week for more Reading-y podcast goodness. Bye. 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 You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast.